Thank you, Jesus. Father, open up the hearts and the minds. Open up the hearts, the minds. Let your spirit flow in this place. Let your word be spoken. Thank you, Jesus. We're ready, God. We're ready. Amen, Lord. And amen. Oh, how can we stop? I don't know how I'm going to do this. All right. Genesis chapter 2, please. We're going to read verse 8 and 9. Amen. You have it? It says... um, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. I remember these words very carefully, brothers and sisters, please. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Amen. This morning or afternoon, I want to talk to you about something that the Lord spoke to me called supernatural atmosphere that I think that um, he, just, he just opened it up so much for me that um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week um, in regards to just listening to his spirit talk. But um, when we are a growing church, and that's what we are here at Grace and Love Church, um, we're a growing church. Sometimes... Uh, we can get so busy uh, wearing different hats and doing different things that, that we forget what this is all about sometimes. And I think God wants to remind us of what exactly this is all about. This is not about just Sundays and Fridays and Wednesdays. This is about walking in the full revelation of who Christ is inside of each of each one of us. He wants you to walk in victory and so much so that he left this this book of 66 books in one book, and it's, it's a love letter to you. It's, it's, a, it's, it's sort of like, I don't know if you've ever talked to a grandparent before or someone that's older in age, and they start telling you their stories of, you know, back in my day kind of stories. And those stories are very interesting because that's where you come from. And so it, it, uh, it sort of inspires you and you want to hear those stories and you want to sit around grandpa or grandma and, and talk to them because of the wisdom and all the years that they have been living. Amen. And the same is with our dad. Our dad is eternal. He's, he's been alive for a long time. If I could use those words, I, I don't even think he, have, you know, we could say alive because he's always been alive. Amen. And he wrote these stories and he wrote these, these, uh, these accounts of things that happened in the past so that we could see where we come from. So that we could see that, that we come from, from a place of, of goodness, from a place of, of, just, of just love, from a, a place of, of that God is our dad and, and he wants the best for us. 
So what he does here to begin with Adam, um, he, uh, before that he begins to create the worlds and you guys have read this and heard this stuff and he begins to show that he is good. Everything that he creates is good. Even he says it himself. He declares things to be good for himself. He says day and, and, and sun and, and water and, and, and animals and trees, all of these things that I have created with my mouth, all these things are good. And so what he creates is good and what he does is good and therefore he is good. Amen. And so what he does here in the Garden of Eden, he begins to, um, he plants a garden. Now the garden is not called Eden. The place where the garden is, is called Eden. It says that he planted a garden in Eden. So there's a, there's a particular special thing about this land called Eden. And we see here in these two verses that righteousness is revealed. You see, in a growing church, it's important that righteousness is revealed in the believer. Sometimes we go through things and, and, and we have certain ways about our life because we, we forget or we don't have the revelation and the understanding of how righteous we are. That we are in right standing with God. Last week I was talking about fruits. And I said that, you know, sometimes we understand that we wear a breastplate of righteousness. And we think that it's just to look good. And then we do look good in the breastplate of righteousness. But it's also to do righteous works. Amen. It's also to do righteous things. And I think that here we see that righteousness is revealed right away. So again, the garden was not called the garden of, you know, the garden was not Eden. It was the garden that was in Eden. Amen. So we don't know the name of the garden, but we do know one thing. It's beautiful. We know that it's good. We know that it's perfect. We see that God begins to plant trees and he plants the tree of life. He plants the tree of life and, he, you know, the tree of life is there for them to eat and to be nourished and to have abundant life. We also see that he plants the tree of knowledge of good and evil, of course, because righteous people, people that are righteous, people that have been made righteous, um, they still have free will and they still have the power of choice as we've talked about. So he puts a garden in a good place, so he puts a, a, a perfect, there's a perfect place, he puts a perfect garden, and in the perfect garden, he puts perfect people. So we see that, that righteousness begins to be revealed. Eden is the perfect place. God chose that perfect place to plant the garden for, for his creation. He understood that there was a good place for his children. Amen. I'm still in awe that it says that God planted the garden. Amen. Uh, he's just such a, he's such a perfect God. He's a, he's our gardener. You know, he, he comes and he sustains his creation. You know, when you're a, I don't, I'm not a gardener, but when you're a gardener, I imagine that you, you're sort of, you're sort of a caretaker for the things that you plant. You watch them grow. You nurture them. You nourish them. You water them. You make sure that they stay alive, that they stay alive for a long time. And to the point where you may plant like a tomato tree and you start seeing fruit, you start seeing tomatoes. And then you can come and get the tomato and, man, tomatoes are good. 
So if God plants this perfection, it was Adam's job to now steward and manage this perfection. So he puts, the, the, there's a perfect land called Eden. And he puts the perfect garden. And he puts his perfect righteous people inside the garden. And he says, okay, now you manage it. Now you steward that. Amen? So he establishes in us the same thing. He makes us the good land now. He makes us the Eden. You are the Eden in which he has planted himself in. He planted his goodness in you. He planted the tree of life in you. You are that land of Eden where the good garden is in now. So righteousness needs to be revealed in our life that we, that we have been made righteous by the blood of, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why uh, it's important that in a growing church, we would see that righteousness is revealed. That's our struggle sometimes. That's the reason we struggle with sin and, and we struggle with thoughts and we struggle with pain and sadness is because we don't know what God has done inside of us. And I know most of us know knows this stuff, but I, I'm sort of setting something up here. What you will discover, too, in a growing church is that you are the good land that God wants to plant inside of. You are that Eden. All you got to do is say yes. So he plants himself in us. I know you've heard this verse. It's Colossians 1.27. It says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So this is the mystery. What is it? Who is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So here it is, the perfect land, perfect garden, perfect people in there. There's good fruit, good trees. And now Adam, all, has, all he has to do is manage it, steward it. He has the power of choice, and he has to just choose yes. Amen? So I want you just to get that picture of God saying, okay, where am I going to put the garden at? Because I got, I, I, I got an idea to make a, 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 an Adam, right? I, I, I got this plan for an Adam and Eve. And I, I need to find the good land. Where is the perfect land to put this perfect garden in? And he looks at Eden and he says, there it is. That's the perfect place where I could put myself there and put Adam right near me. So then that's where everything begins at righteousness when we understand okay jesus you have made me righteous then we move into what's next oh and i'm so excited for this next part all right i don't want to give it away or overhype <laughs> so let's go back to genesis chapter 2 again and we're going to read from verse 10 to 11. Are you there? All right. It says, look, now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Now you know where the name comes from, Havilah. <laughs> so once again, now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted 
and became four riverheads. Okay, so here's the perfect land. Here's the perfect garden. Here's the, his perfect people inside the garden, protected, stewarding it, managing it, having purpose, having significance, having God. And here is the river. Now, tell your neighbor, I want you to tell them because I want you to wake up a little bit. Say, follow that river. Follow that river. Come on, tell somebody, follow that river. Now, this is so cool. The river is not from the garden. The river is for the garden. The river is from Eden, and it comes to wash or, or to, thank you, and it comes to, to, uh, to water the garden. Now, in order for the river to, to do that, it has to be a special river, amen? Because you've got to think about the trees that are in the garden. They're just not these, you know, there's not like the trees we have today. It was in perfection. As a matter of fact, the tree of life was there. So in order for this river to water even including the tree of life, it had to be life itself also. It couldn't be just a simple river, uh, 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 some muddy water or something. It had to be special. This river is special. This river is a river of life. It's a life-giving river that comes from Eden to water the garden that God had planted. The Bible says, look in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3. This is what the river does to, to, to trees. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Look how amazing this place Eden was or is. How amazing it was and how, how, it, how it nourished the trees and it brought forth this river that was a life-giving river. It begins to water the garden. It begins to bring life to it. It begins, it begins to, to, to bring about fruit in every season that it needed to bring about fruit because of this river. This is the river, brothers and sisters, of revival. This is the river of life. Don't think that God is... Uh, intention for this river was to just make things look nice. Although I'm sure it did. But this is the river that is bringing life to a perfect place already. It's not bringing life to a dead place. It's bringing life to a place that is already perfect and alive. So we need this river. We need to follow this river. Amen? We know that we are alive in Christ. Amen? Are we alive in Christ? Praise God. Christ came. He died on the cross for us. He paid for our sin. He resurrected three days later. He walked with his disciples for 40 days and 40 nights. Then 10 days later, the disciples, they were waiting in the upper room. And 10 days later, exactly 50 days after he had resurrected, the Holy Spirit descended upon that upper room and there was a sound like the wind. And it says that the Spirit of God fell upon all of them. And it says that they began to speak in different tongues 
And it says that there was, there was commotion. There was something different going on in the city of Jerusalem. These men, these disciples had been made alive. They had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now they were not just, just some regular people. They had the Holy Spirit. They had the river of revival flowing inside of them. And I'm sure, brothers and sisters, that they started a commotion. They started speaking in tongues and yelling like I'm doing so right now because they were just so excited. They were just so emotional. They couldn't believe that this was happening to them. For years and years they have heard of a spirit of God falling on people. Of a spirit of God that would enter the temple and speak to their people. But now they had become the temple. They had become the place where the Holy Spirit would reside. So revival started then. Revival started then. The river of life started flowing then. And although the garden was gone because of the failures and the mistakes of Adam and Eve, the victory of Jesus Christ was greater. The victory of Jesus Christ was greater. And now that river was still flowing. Now the river... Tell your neighbor, follow that river. Tell somebody, follow that river. Although this river was in the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve, they, uh, you know, they disobeyed God. This, God was not done with his plan. Amen? All right, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Loud amen when you have it, please. Drink some water. Ezekiel 47. Amen? All right, let's read from verse 1 to verse 12. Oh, God, this is so good. Then he brought me. This is a vision of... Of the prophet Ezekiel. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles, praise God. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. 
the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. I hope this starts sounding familiar. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live there will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En Gedi to En Eglame they will be places for spreading their nets their fish will be on the same kinds as the fish of the great sea exceedingly many Prosperity, But it, its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt along the bank of the river. On this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for medicine. Follow that river. Follow that river. He's not talking about a natural river. This river is now, it's not flowing from Eden anymore. Because Eden was the center of the world back then. But at this time where the prophet was living, the temple where God's presence would reside, that was the center of the world. And that river had moved. That river was now flowing from the temple, the sanctuary. And it was flowing, it was going to different parts of the land, and it was blessing and making things alive. And it was giving fruit to the trees, and people were being healed. There was medicine in the leaves of the trees. This river, we need this river. Tell your neighbor, follow that river. Oh, praise God. Look at verse 5. Ezekiel right there, 47.5. Are you? Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was so deep, water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. This river is no ordinary river. God doesn't want you in that river just at the ankles, just at the knees or at the waist. He wants you deep in that river. He wants you deep in that river of life, that river of revival. He wants you deep swimming in that river. What that shows me is that when we get so deep in God, that he's going to give us the strength to swim in that river. He's going to give us strength. He's going to give us the ability to keep going because we are in the life-giving river. 
And we need this when we are when we are talking about a supernatural atmosphere. We need to understand that there's a river and that that river is the river that we are swimming in. So I ask you, brothers and sisters, God is saying to you today, don't just get in by the ankles or the knees or the waist. Get deep in that river. Let that river nourish you. Let that river give you life every single day of your life. When you wake up and you say, I'm in this river, God. You are within me, Lord, and I'm swimming, God. I'm no longer, no longer walking, but now I'm swimming, Lord. That's how we need to do this. Let's look at another verse that impacted me here. Let's look at verse 7. When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. That verse there sounds familiar. It just, it just reminds me of Eden. That God said, okay, Eden, you're perfect. You're so beautiful. I'm going to put the garden there. And Eden just began to flow with that river and began to water that garden. The same thing here. This, this river just begins to give life to these trees. And then it starts saying that the, the fish will, will live and, and, and the people. And it's not talking about necessarily fishes in the natural. It's just, it's just talking about the people. It's talking about everything on earth, his creation. Everything needs him. He's our oxygen. He's our, he's our everything. Let's look at verse 9 now. This is, this is good. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, that what it says, that moves wherever the river goes will live. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river go will live. How is it? How can living things live? It says wherever the river goes, Every living thing will live. How will they live again if they're already alive? That's because this river brings nourishment. It brings life every time that it hits the ground. Every time that it hits the trees. Every time that it hits any living thing. It produces life constantly, constantly flowing, flowing. That river is moving. It's moving. It's moving. It's never still. It's constantly bringing life to us. Constantly bringing life. River of life, healing, sustaining that supernatural atmosphere. Giving life to that supernatural atmosphere that we live in. This is the river of revival. It comes to bring life to living things. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of Christians that are alive that need life from this river. No longer from Eden, yet it's still for the good of the people and all of God's creation. 
so interesting that the prophet comes. God brings him to the temple where his presence is. So interesting that that river flowed from Eden where Adam and Eve would meet with God every single day. Here at the temple, they're meeting with him every single day. They're sacrifices all the time. Here in the garden, they're meeting with him. They're having church in the garden. Yes, where two or three are gathered, he's there. In the garden, in the temple, today. We need this river. Follow that river. The trees will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. Fruit will bear because it flows from the sanctuary. It flows from the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I want to I wanna go diving in this river. I want this river in my life. Today, I believe God has something for us today. Oh, man, I can't even wait for next Sunday already. There's just some things that are amazing. The word of God is amazing. Fall in love with the word of God. Read your Bibles. Read. Fall in love with his presence. Get in that river. So that river moves. So that's why I'm saying follow that river. Where is it going next? Let's go to Revelations chapter 22. When you have it, please say amen. Amen? Revelations 22, verse 1. Another prophet, another vision, another river. Actually, let's read. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its streets, and on either side of the river was the tree of life. Sound familiar? Which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to read it again. And he showed me a pure. Okay, close your eyes. Mims, come up here, please. Just Mims. All right, eyes closed, everyone. Some of you still looking at me. God wants you to feel like you are soaking in this river right now. The river went from Eden to the temple with the Israelites <laughs> to the throne of heaven. It says like this, and he showed me pure river of water of life clear as crystal you see that river brothers and sisters see it God has shown you he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God there's a throne there and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street 
and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits each tree yielding its fruit every month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations we want this river Lord we are in this river God this is the river of revival for a supernatural atmosphere this river has moved since Jesus came it is now flowing from the throne of grace the throne of God which is in the kingdom of heaven of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end his government his kingdom and his peace has no end Brothers and sisters, check this out. There's a river in Eden where God's at with his people. There's a river in the temple, in the sanctuary, as the prophet Ezekiel said. Prophet here, this is Apostle John, beloved Apostle John. He's like, the river has moved. It was in Eden, it was in the temple, and now it's flowing from the throne in heaven. The river flowed from Eden to the garden planted by God. It gave life to every tree. The river flowed from the temple to all the earth. We need this river in a growing church, brothers and sisters. Now the river flows from the throne. Follow that river. Jesus said it like this in John 7, 38. Same John. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Man, that river is flowing through you. River brings movement. In Eden, the river would break up into four parts. And it would go into each area. That river is for us to move into the four corners of this earth. And bring revival and bring life. And bring the supernatural atmosphere. The river of life is flowing now from the throne, from the throne of grace. And then it flows through us, and we are in it, and it, it's in us. So there again, as the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Oh, you are a walking, flowing river of God. From Genesis to Revelation, there's a river that flows. David said it like this. There is a river whose streams make glad 
the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. What God is saying to us is he's saying, look, yeah, righteousness has been revealed through grace, but I just want you to swim in this river. This is the river. This is where you need to be. This is your, this is your natural. I know it says supernatural, right? But this is actually your natural state. Let's flow in this river. Let's be in this river. Let's be this river from the throne of God. I think I'm done. Close your eyes one more time.